High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Okay, well, uh, listeners at home would have known that we were giving away an overnight break for two adults and two children at the Clayton in Ballsbridge, where, of course, I am broadcasting from. Dinner, breakfast, and a family pass to Dublin. It's going all the way to Newcastle uh, in Dublin. Kathleen Dow, to correctly answer it, RDS stands for uh, Royal Dublin Society. Uh, I'm joined now uh, by Bill Hughes because he's going to pick an essential song as he does every Thursday. There's a 50% chance that I won't like it. Uh, will I like it or not? I've no idea because every time I try to channel what's going on in your brain, I get such a fright that I look away. No, the point is, I stopped listening to music the day the music died. When Buddy Holly's plane went down, I stopped listening to music. And that predates the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the sub- fabulous 60s. Why would 60s you listen to the, the Beatles? I mean, seriously, why would you listen See, to the Beatles? See, when he asks a question like that, your blood just runs cold, doesn't it? It just runs cold. You just can't ask a question like that. Anyway, we're the Rolling here. Stones. We're here because... I bet you didn't know that I gave the Rolling Stones their dinner. Oh, yeah, and Mick Jagger has suffered from... In Slane Castle. ...intestinal problems I gave it to them in Slane Castle, the Rolling Stones, in a previous life, (laughs) when I was one of the great caterers to famous stars. (laughs) In your own words, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's this muse? Okay, well, I was thinking about a song that would be relevant to... To horses. Well, to show jumping... And I decided not to focus so much on the horse, but on the jump. And the song, Jump, by the Pointer Sisters, I think is the right one for today. The Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters, an incredible African-American family of sisters, incredibly dysfunctional, so you'll feel right at home. Um, the sisters I used to listen to were the Beverly sisters. Yes, and the Andrew sisters, as you and told me Andrew on many sisters. occasions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this, these, these are. The I tell you, there's a lot of people in the audience know about the Beverly sisters. Yeah, one of them married a footballer. I'll give another lunch in Bistro One on the Sunday if anybody can tell me the name of the footballer's name that won the Beverly Sisters married. I won't be giving away that lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this song, Jump For My Love, it was called Jump For My Love because the previous year Van Halen had had a hit called Jump. Yeah, Van Halen, again, outside your uh, sphere of influence and uh, expertise. If you hear a bump, it's my head hitting the table. No, you're going to love this song. Am I? So in 1984, it came out, and it was a massive hit. It's co-written by Marty Sharon, Gary Scardina, and Stephen Mitchell. And uh, it's it's really funny. You have to watch how the record companies work, but the, the, the Pointer Sisters recorded an album called Breakout and the record company decided that they were going to put a ballad out first and capitalise on the fact that the Pointer Sisters had a huge R&B following that's rhythm and blues Yeah. and the single, the first single did well for them, then they released a second single, it was supposed to be Jump but they stuck another one in and again it built the audience and then by the time they released Jump Jump went straight to the top of the charts now in Permission Australia to speak. Yeah, well, can I just tell speak? you to finish right. that story in Australia, they decided to release Jump first 
and it died. Ah. And then they re-released it when the other songs, and it became a hit. So every now and again when I think the record companies know nothing, it seems they know oh, everything. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Are these dames, were there two of them or three of them? There were actually four of them. Four of them. <laughs> right. Second question, yeah. they were African-American, I got that yeah. part. Now, were they part of this Detroit uh, no. sound? No, they were from Oakland, California. Oh, yeah. And I they, know as well. Uh, yes, and they grew up in a house where their father was a reverend yeah. and their mother was devout and they sang in the local church oh, yeah. and all rock and pop music was declared the devil's music yeah. and they were not to have oh somebody's nice little phone there um, the, the, this was the devil's music but the daughter brought home an Elvis single to the house and everybody was terrified that she was going to be thrown out by the parents but instead the B-side of the record she brought was Crying in the Chapel and that actually appeased her mother. Crying in the chapel seemed to have been right, an okay, okay. sentiment. Yeah. But, but Jump for My Love is... Uh, the energy in it alone is going to get everybody here okay. up. Now, I have some experience here. I, I deliberately went to a Baptist church in Memphis, Tennessee, where I was the only white face in the audience, right? And, the, the, like, the singing is incredible. And you can tell where Tina Turner, the Pointer Sisters, all these kind of people came from. It's from church music, because it's real rock and roll music. You know what I mean? It, it's not like the kind of things we sing in Catholic churches, you know? It's real rock and roll. The only problem is the service goes on for about six hours. <laughs> So I skipped most of it, but I got the music. So I understand exactly where the Pointer Sisters yeah. are coming from. And they were also songwriters themselves, and they oh. did a lot of songwriting. And also, they didn't want to just do what was in the charts at the time. They wanted to create a new style of music and a new look. And because they grew up without anything, they didn't have a pot to piss in, as you used to say, and they were extremely I poor. I never said that already. Well, radio. they used to uh, have to buy their clothes in thrift shops. Yeah. So when they were deciding what their look was going to be, right. they went to the thrift shops and they wore vintage clothing. So much so that that had a resonance with their audience and the audience okay. started to come in the thrift shop clothes. And the Pointer Sisters started to sell millions of records right. and win Grammys. So we should really hear the song. Well, just before you do, have, do you know their names? Like, was it Patty and Laverne you. and oh, stuff there's like Anita that. and Ruth and Bonnie. I'm going to tell you all about them. Oh, yeah. yeah. After. After the song. After. Yeah. The Pointer Sisters jump.
Uh, well, that was the Pointer Sisters and Jump. I, I, I wasn't... I must say that left me cold. But sure, everything leaves you cold. No! Apart from a warm bath. No! With the Beverly Sisters. The Andrews Sisters. Or the Andrews Sisters. And a warm the Bugle bath. Boy from Company C was yeah. light years ahead of us. Well, the more popular version recently it was used in a film called I Love saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus by the Beverly Sisters it was a great hit so was I saw Daddy Kissing Santa Claus but that's a different story um, the, the, the film Love actually about the love affair between the Prime Minister in England played by Hugh Grant and, uh, and his char lady and the song that was used in that was Jump this song but recorded by Girls Aloud uh, and our own Nadine Coyle but you wouldn't know that either because no, that was no, I wouldn't no, know that either no. so the Pointer Sisters together they, they, they started out as a duo so that was June and Bonnie Pointer okay. and they had a little group called Pointers A Pair so then they grew into a trio when Anita joined in, and that's when they got their record deal. And then Sister uh, Ruth joined in, and they became um, a quartet. But then they all started to fall out and fall in. The bigger the success, the more yeah. rows they had, the usual stuff. And uh, sadly, June, the youngest, she got into drugs and struggled with drug addiction. And uh, her career was ruined, so she left the group in 2004 and then died from um, a very aggressive cancer in 2006 uh, at the age of only 52. But it's funny, they started out in the business and they couldn't get success. And then as they started to get success, they were already married, like two of them when they left high school were already married. And by the time the youngest joined, one of them had two kids. So actually, by the time they were on MTV and they were the big pop stars, they were already grandmothers. Three of them were already grandmothers. So they were trying to keep a lid on what their real ages were. And that's why the clothes and everything right. became so important. And the astonishing thing is that given the unbelievable success that you and I have achieved together, we've never actually kind of broken up. We haven't. No. We've broken up in my mind a number of times. <laughs> and I've gone off to sleep in another room. But you weren't even aware. You didn't even notice. You see, that's yeah. the thing. Because you're so obsessed with looking in the mirror. It's, that's, that's what happens. You know, narcissus. That's <laughs> the story. But um, anyway. The Beverly Sisters had a hit when I saw <laughs> Mummy's Kiss in Santa Claus. Yes, you, you said that. You're repeating right. yourself. So now, the Pointer Sisters' second album, uh, That's a Plenty, brought them even more success and they moved back back they moved to Nashville and they were the first African American artists to appear on the stage of the Grand Old Opry uh, which was a big deal and they wrote a country song called Fairy Tale which was later covered by Elvis that's how well liked they were and they won the Grammy for best country song uh, when they were having a, a, a dry period in terms of writing songs, they decided to do a few covers. And one of the covers they did was a fabulous song by Bruce Springsteen called Fire. And they've done a really slow sort of finger clicking uh, rhythm and blues version of that that was 
phenomenal. Well, uh, if they had a, a hit in 1982 as grandmothers, mm -hmm. they must be great-grandmothers by now. Yeah, well, they're still hanging together, and in fact... Are they still singing? Two of the granddaughters are now in the group with one of the grandmothers who has remained. Uh, Go so, away. So they keep interchanging because they can all... It's generations of good singers, generations of good yeah. songwriters. It's interesting you talk about the Grand Ole Opry, because I was there once in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, yeah. And like Nashville, Tennessee is re real kind of white supremacist country, despite yeah. the huge amount of black people who live there. So having a black group on stage there would, be, would have been a big deal. They would have been having that level of success in Nashville just as a young reporter on the local news station was starting to gather success. Uh, a young lady, Oprah Winfrey, you may have heard of her. Yeah. And she started out on I that local I used to news fancy station. her enormously. Did you? Oprah, yeah. And During then when she lost ways, I lost interest. <laughs> And do you remember her acting in The Colour Purple? Do you remember she got nominated as Best uh, Supporting Actress yeah, in The Colour yeah. uh, But I, 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 I was watching, I was living in America when Oprah was kind of starting. So, yeah. I mean, I saw Oprah before most people in Ireland. You did. probably gave her her start, did you? <laughs> no. But, like, see, the, the thing is, no, seriously, I know how we got from the Pointer Sisters to Oprah Winfrey, but the, 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 the thing about that was, like... The, chat shows ha were only beginning really and to have a woman not alone a black woman running uh, a chat show in america was a huge thing yeah it was oh, a huge thing it really was it really was but to come back to the pointer sisters did she ever sing a song who oprah no but right. she's a hell of an actress no we won't have her like I mean. no no we'll never have a song by with, with oprah but but to go back to the pointer sisters ruth and anita became the real core of the group because Bonnie went down, the oldest sister, who's a granny as well, she went down the route of drugs too. Right. And so when June died, uh, they all got together for the funeral except Bonnie. Right. And Bonnie tried to get into the family car and the other girls wouldn't let her in because she had created such havoc. Okay. And uh, within weeks, she was arrested for possession of crack cocaine while driving on the freeway. So she was quite... Uh, I was arrested for possession of crack cocaine in New York. Were you? Yeah. There was four Irish fellas on St. Patrick's Day in 1986 in New York, right? And one fella said to the other, why don't we head down the street for a bit of crack? And the next minute, two, two uh, cops in plain clothes descended upon us and arrested us as possible uh, drug guys. And it took them... Eventually, it was really interesting. They it, it, already to take us off to the Hooskow and there was a kind of an Irish cop in, it, it turned up and he explained to them the meaning of crack for Irish <laughs> fellas. <laughs> yeah. 1986. It was really interesting because I'm fed up with the Pointer Sisters to be honest. <laughs> uh, in 1986, in 1986, an amazing thing happened in America. It, they used to have these um, bars where they had dancing. But astonishingly, the women asked the men to dance in these places. And the Americans thought this was amazing. And I was saying, Jesus, 50 years ago we had ladies' choices in Ireland. What are you talking about? Anyway, we went up there and uh, it was great. Really? All these women coming up and saying, what you like? This, was this line dancing? or No, no, 
goes to the bar and you buy a drink and it's a hi guy, would you like to dance? I think I know what kind of bar you were in, George. No, this was very this was Patrick's night. Yeah. The place was full of Irish people. And did you get a bill for No, it was very it was all upmarkety stuff. Yeah, and I guess it was upmarket. I remember all right, I met three hairdressers from Dallas who were up for the World Hairdressing Championship uh, in New York. And they wanted to practice on you, and, and that's we what went, happened. No, we went to a place, uh, I forget the name of the restaurant now, but we went there anyway. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> and am I not to tell you anything more about the Pointer Sisters, about their hits, I'm so excited, slow hand. You, they, they, I'm not so excited. You're, no, but they are, they had the, yeah. Do you not want to hear about the World Hairdressing Championships <laughs> in 1986? I can tell you, it's very exciting, the three of them. There weren't sisters now, three of them, but there were African-Americans. Okay, well, but there was three of them. Okay, well, since you don't like the right... Can I remind you of something? Wow. Do you remember the very, very first song we did when we started doing this six years ago? The first song? The very first song that we talked about. It was Elvis Presley no, and wasn't. Don't Be Cruel. No, it wasn't. And given the week that it is... It was actually Glenn Campbell. Was it? By the time I get to Phoenix. I uh, know. It was the first song we ever talked about, and the first when? song we ever did. And it was the week he had announced his diagnosis with Alzheimer's. Really? And that's why we did it. All right. And we had a very poignant I'd discussion that, that day. Yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten. But the, the, I'm, I'm, it was typically you, because uh, I am in awe of your knowledge of music uh, and your love of music. So many people in, in the whole thing about Campbell sort of uh, uh, over the last couple of days when they were talking about him, they all talked about Rhinestone Cowboy. Oh. I thought By the Time I Get to Phoenix was an immeasurably better song, no? And Wichita Lineman. And Wichita Lineman. But my personal favourite. Yeah? Where's the playground, Susie? No, no. Yeah. I haven't heard that. Jim. Yeah, where's the playground, Susie? The end has come and found us here all with right, our okay. toys scattered all around. All right, well, thanks to everybody here, first and foremost, for coming. Uh, to the Clayton and Bullsbridge. We're going to have lunch now. Uh, and it's full of carbohydrates and calories and all that sort of good stuff here at the Clayton Hotel and Bullsbridge. Um, to Bill Hughes is going to stay and regale anybody who's interested about the Pointer Sisters. Uh, Paul Buckland, of course, without Paul, we couldn't have done it. He ran the sound. Producer was Maggie Doyle, who's with me here. And then back in the office, Alex Russo and Kira Court kept the whole show going and then we had to link between uh, News Talk and the Clayton and Balls Bridge Michael Culligan did that extraordinarily well using smoke and mirrors but for me now um, it's um, goodbye to everybody listening it's not goodbye to the people here because they're going to hang around for a free lunch never miss a free lunch and uh, Sean Moncrief is next